giving respect and reverence is contained within the Sama Sambuddhas, the perfectly self-awakened Buddha's teachings, as the highest blessing of one's life. We have homage and respect in the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. We have respect for the Kruba Ajans, the teachers, those who have knowledge and who give us knowledge, and respect to those who have goodness towards us, our parents, grandparents. We can also give respect to relatives and friends. The Sama Sambuddha gave respect to the Dhamma. One of his disciples was giving a Dhamma talk all night, and the Sama Sambuddha stood and listened to the Dhamma that his disciple was giving. This is the Buddha respecting the Dhamma as the highest. Being aware of the goodness in others is called respect and reverence, and there is also humbleness and lowering oneself. But the virtue of humbleness, of lowering oneself, is about being aware of oneself, in our knowledge, aware of our skills. The more one has skill, like having studied to a high level, then Venerable Ajahn Chah said to be careful that our sense of self and the defilements will cling on to that we are higher. If we have anything in this world more than others, we will cling to us being better than others. This is about titi mana, views and conceit, which it is normal for everyone to be like this. So in regards to this Dhamma quality of humbleness, then when we come to be aware of ourself, and that we may have knowledge and skill, but we need to train in what is called niwata. Wata means wind, and adding the word ni means not having any wind, not being inflated. It is restraining oneself to be in a normal and natural state, being ordinary and normal. We may have things, but it's like we don't have anything we don't feel like we have anything that is exceptional. They compare it to being like a balloon that has not been inflated with air. If a balloon is inflated with air, then it will expand and then float. So humbleness has characteristics similar to respect, but it has a different meaning. It is going about in a way that is correct and appropriate, not arrogant or conceited not boastful beyond the truth, not raising oneself higher than others by putting them down. It is being polite to others, giving honour, knowing time and appropriateness, and it will usually come from the heart first. Humbleness and lowering oneself has three prominent characteristics, having deferential, humble actions, having gentle and soft speech, having a tender and kind heart. Here, Venerable Ajahn Chah has praised often one of the great disciples of the Buddha, the Venerable Elder Asaji, who had a lot of wisdom and was a teacher of Venerable Sariputta. He taught Venerable Sariputta to gain the eye of Dhamma. When Sariputta saw the Elder Asaji, having beautiful conduct and mannerisms, with a radiant, bright and glowing complexion and aura, 
it expressed that he had to have noble attainments in his heart. So we can see that this is a wise person who would later become the right-hand chief disciple of the aspect of wisdom of the Sama Sambuddha. Looking with his eyes, he saw that the elder Asaji wasn't ordinary. So he followed him, and he knew about appropriateness in time. After the elder Asaji had finished his duties, then Sariputta came and paid respects to him, and he asked, Who are you a disciple of? Who is your teacher? And what doctrine does your teacher teach of? He got right to the point. Because the venerable elder Sariputta had looked for an arahant all over the continent but had not yet found one, but finally found one right at his hometown of Rajagir. Here, the elder Asaji was humble. He had the noble attainments of an arahant, fully enlightened, but he was humble. Saying that he was one who was just new to the sasana, the dispensation, and he was not able to explain the Dhamma deeply, but could give the Dhamma in brief. The Samana Gotama is my Sasada teacher. Sariputta heard this and understood that the elder Asaji had a very high noble attainment, and he had humbleness. His speech was pleasant to hear, and his mind was tender and kind. And so Sariputta answered, May you tell me just the gist of the Dhamma? And Sariputta had a lot of wisdom. He knew and had learnt a lot. He had completed the Vedic knowledges of the Brahmins. On whatever was foremost of that era, he had learnt it all. And the elder Asaji said simply, All Dhammas, phenomena, have causes for them to arise. The Buddha has taught of those causes and of the cessation of those causes. It was just this much, and Sariputta attained to becoming a Sotapanna, a stream-enterer. Just a little bit, and he saw into arising, persisting, and ceasing. So Ajahn Chah praised the elder Asaji and taught his disciples to be ones who are humble and who lowered themselves, to be orderly in conduct. But we have to understand that this is an outwardly expression of each arahant. Some monks may have speech that is bold and fearless. On the inside he is humble, but outwardly he says it out boldly. There was one monk who wherever he put out his sitting cloth would announce that he has no more doubts of the Sama Sambuddha's teachings. It was announcing that he was an arahant, until it was widely talked about and it came to the Buddha. The Buddha verified that, yes, that monk really was an arahant. This was a type of behavior coming from having had faith towards an arahant of a past Buddha's dispensation. So he had built Bharami spiritual accumulations and made an aspiration to be bold in speaking like this. Whereas the elder Asaji had made the aspiration to be an arahant of the first group, the Panchawagya, the five ascetics, and he had the outwardly expression of being humble like this. So Ajahn Chah would teach this to his disciples. And those who had knowledge and came to ordain, Ajahn Chah would tell them to put down their bachelors, masters, put down their knowledge and other things, 
put them all down. Sometimes he would teach not to look for faults in others. So we see that humbleness and respect are similar. Once, when Venerable Ajahn Man went for arms round, there was a cow blocking the way, and it looked as if it would ram into Ajahn Man. Ajahn Tongrat, an elderly monk, and the teacher of Ajahn Chah rushed in and kicked the cow, because it was going to do a wrong and bad karma to ram an arahant who had a lot of barami. This would be a heavy, bad karma. But the other monks were restrained. But the behavior of Ajahn Tongrat was that he was blunt and direct, but he was an arahant, and he also taught Dhamma in a blunt way as well. It wasn't like others. But sometimes he was criticized as well, like going on arms round, and Ajahn Mun's bowl fell down, and Ajahn Tongrat couldn't catch it in time, so he stuck out his foot to break the fall, because he was afraid that the great teacher's bowl would break, so his intention was pure. Like we teach children and the young, do we respect the child? We do respect the child that has been born. Do we have metta, loving-kindness? Yes, there is metta. But sometimes we have to teach fiercely. Like Ajahn Chah didn't teach softly to his disciples. Sometimes he taught them fiercely. It suppressed many things inside of them. The Samasambuddha said that we should practice towards his teachings, just like a potter making a clay pot will be careful and refined and he will push you again and again, press you again and again. And whoever aims for the core of the paths and fruits of Nibbāna will be able to endure it. Ajahn Chah had a method in teaching like this. So the outwardly expressions will be different. When we are aware of their noble virtues, then respect and reverence will arise in our hearts, through us seeing those who are worthy of respect. We teach of not being self-conceited, about being humble, but it is not fault-finding with yourself. In speaking, we can speak softly and tenderly, but there may be those who don't speak softly, but their hearts can be good. This we need to understand is up to the heart. There are two aspects. The exterior is one thing, inside is another thing. Inside, having a mind of metta and compassion constantly, but the verbal expression may be different. What is humbleness? We are interested to be with ourself, reflecting on ourself, but we have to be confident in ourself, yet we aren't too boastful beyond the truth. But it's not that we belittle our value to be lower till we have nothing. It's not like that. We have to accept that of all the things in the world, there is nothing that is complete. It's possible for anyone to make mistakes. So when we are with others, we have to be careful as well. If we aren't humble, we aren't willing to listen, then we can argue to the level where it breaks up harmony, because there are views and ego coming up. Like a story I've told you before of two monks arguing. One said that the flag moved because of the flag. The other said it moved because of the wind. 
the flag flaps because of the flag and the wind. The Zen teacher said that it's not like that. There is no flag, there is no wind. And then it can end there. Ajahn Chah teaches in this way too. There were his disciples arguing about using the words coming and going. To send a monk to go there, and another monk argued that it's not going there, it's coming there. So it was arguing over two words. There were views and ego arising, and they started to argue right in front of the great teacher. They forgot that Ajahn Chah was sitting right there. They had forgotten. They had views and ego and couldn't give in. And Ajahn Chah gave a Dhamma talk about the flag and wind like this. And when Ajahn Chah talked on the Dhamma, then we could lessen our views and ego. So mistakes are in everyone's heart. We have to be careful and train the mind. So on this Dhamma point of humbleness, if we can do it, it is a blessing of life and we will be able to listen to others. When we can receive and listen to others and take it to adjust and improve ourselves, then we will be good at following them. In some things, we cling to our old ways of our learning and skills and we can't let new things enter. There are those who have experienced a lot, who see and know of various skills. Then we need to listen and take it in, contemplate, adjust and improve ourselves. And this applies to Dhamma practice as well. We may practice many different traditions. This tradition teaches like this. That tradition teaches like that. So which way is good to go? Ajahn Chah said, it's easy. There's no need to talk about different traditions. Know the in and out breath. Repeat Bhutto. If we have mindfulness in the body, in the breath, in this body, then it's all correct. Then our doubts are resolved and we are determined to practice and to have peacefulness arise. And ultimately, we will have knowledge and understanding, seeing rupa, material phenomena, and nama, mental phenomena, as being anicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not-self. Here is where the deepness of the Dhamma will arise clearly in our hearts. In the beginning, we have faith and confidence like this, so we should be determined to practice. We have respect in the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, to our parents, to Krubhajans, teachers. Because in this era, people teach differently. They teach that, having been born from parents, there's no need to have gratitude to parents. This has gone crazy. They think our parents made us to be born, so we don't need to repay that. So it's gone outside of the fundamentals of the Buddha Sasana on respect and gratitude, on having respect in the rules of society that one is in. Being in school, there are rules. At work, there are rules. We have to follow them. Mostly, if people follow the rules, then there won't be any problems. We may have thoughts that are unlike others, but we don't take those thoughts as being chief and boast about it. This can waste a person. They won't be able to get back into their original path 
and lose out on their future. They lose friends, and no one associates with one as a friend. They lose one's group. They lose it all. This is from clinging on to that we ourselves are right. So this is worth contemplating. If we have respect and humbleness, then we practice with it. The more one has Dhamma, the more humble they will be, lowering themselves, but the higher they go. So may you be determined to train yourselves to have samadhi, concentration. When samadhi arises, then the more the mind will be humble and tender, which arises in the heart. We will be polite, and we will be able to forgive others, and we will be able to understand the Dhamma deeply. So I've appropriately explained this topic in the time that we have. May you grow in blessings.